Please listen carefully. Welcome to the Rick and Dodd Show. Two dudes, a podcast, and some laughs. Prepare to be underwhelmed. And away we go. Okay, so we're uh, we're back again, finally, after our uh, our longest hiatus yet of uh, of, of recording and starting uh, the Rick and Don show. Uh, it was it was quite the uh, adventuresome month um, uh, for at least for me with uh, uh, tons of travel and uh, more excitement recently than expected. Um, but uh, good to, good to be back and good to hopefully get back into a, a regular swing of things here. <laughs> yes yes uh nothing nothing changed too much on this on on my front still just looking for uh looking for work doing my little my little limp along there but yeah just been having i've had way too much free time any uh any games you've been picking up or playing or what have what have you been doing to fill that free time so let's see i've been watching a lot of uh anime uh I don't know why. I just got bored and was like, let's watch these Japanese cartoons. Okay. Um, I uh, did a uh, a uh, a game research uh, session for Epic. Oh, nice. Since they're uh, local up here. Mm-hmm. Um, got myself a little uh, free lunch and $150 gift card to Amazon. So um, that was fun. Uh, I actually can't talk about it too much. Uh they made me sign. Like I had to sign an NDA, but, um, but it was. I was. I I think I could safely say that I was not. I was. I was uh, not excited. Not inspired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, uh, for from what I played, it was just totally not a Donald game. Okay. And. Um, yeah, I was like really just dis- like out of all the things I could have been doing, I was super disappointed. Like, I go, oh, man, I could have been doing something super cool or, or touching this or touching that, but it wasn't like, like you know, um, anything that you were looking forward to or anything that you were going to be jumping at the chance to play once it came back, once it actually comes out. Yeah, like I could have gotten like a really juicy story and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, which is such a bummer. Like, and part of the reason I did it, besides that I wanted the, the gift card, was I wanted the, I wanted the juicy story. Yeah, I mean that's a bummer. Eventually, um, like I'll uh, at some point when I'm back in Vegas, I'll do some of the the shows that they have there, where you can uh, basically go in and uh, you listen to or, or watch uh, shows that they have that you know aren't done yet. Um, and so you can like look at like the pilot season and a lot of the other stuff. And so it's you know pretty similar. Where it ends up being a, a case of um, you get you get the bonus of seeing it early, doing everything extra, but then you also kind of want, um, you know, the you want it to be cool as opposed to just seeing it early. Because if you see it early, then it's just you're just wasting your time sooner as opposed to later. Yeah, I uh, man, I was super. Yeah, I was I was super. I was super bummed. Um, on the bright side, I, I got a hundred fifty dollar gift card to Amazon. That was was a couple weeks ago, um, and we get this sweet. Um, and we get the, the sweet exclusive once it actually comes out. I can talk about my experience. Yeah, that's what we'll um, have to keep an eye on it for whatever, whenever it gets released. Then we'll uh, we'll definitely circle back on it. Yeah. So uh, speaking of that, I did use that gift card to buy arms. 
Well, uh, nice. Um, what is that? I because I heard you talking about that, and then I heard some other people talking about it, but I hadn't followed up on it yet. Yeah, so it's a Nintendo's fighting uh, fighting game IP, um, where it's uh, a universe where all the characters have springs for arms. Okay, and they decided to do what any naturally deformed uh, a group of people would do, and that is to form a fighting league. <laughs> And they all fight, all the characters fight each other. They have different like hands and stuff they can put on that move fast or slow. Um, and it's sort of done in the uh, it, it's done in the traditional I don't want to say traditional, but the usual Nintendo style fighter, which is in uh, the like third person. Mm-hmm. Um, so so the view is like uh, close up third person. So. It's kind of fun. Uh, the game has like the comp- the combat and stuff can be pretty deep, but um, it's not necessarily sometimes, and that's such uh, that's such a bummer um, because the game doesn't actually offer a whole bunch to the player. Mm-hmm. Um, like the com- it's a unique experience and it's fun. Uh, you can use motion controls to play a fighting game which is pretty cool um but in some points the motion the the motion controls don't seem to be calibrated quite right and this could just be me being a fuck uh, a putz with them but the like they're either not sensitive enough or too sensitive mm-hmm. so i you know i had some issues with that and i ended up just switching over to uh just using it like a regular controller Oh, using okay. a regular controller, which it does support. Um, but, yeah, it's just, you know, uh, it was fun. Um, I'm still playing through it a little bit. I'm trying to unlock all the arms. Um, uh, the menus aren't very – I was very disappointed just in some – like, it, it's it's weird for me to be disappointed in how a game is organized menu-wise. Yeah. Like, for instance, if you see this, if you see basic – the arcade and versus you're going to assume arcade is solo player mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's going to be an arcade style somebody player. else yeah so they have mini games in those and decide to put those all under versus which is very confusing i'm sitting there and i'm like where the hell is all these st-? i'm like i'm sitting there playing through and i'm like where the hell are all these stupid mini games mm-hmm. and i click on versus and i'm like they're all here that can't that can't be right. Like, so I go to versus. Like, if you want to play one of the mini games against the computer, you get to go to versus and select one player, which is not intuitive at all. Yeah, that doesn't um, make sense at all. And, and that's sort of like just the 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 big big thing for me is that there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't seem quite intuitive, but it's so close and it has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Um, like the game is fun, but there's just not enough game there, which honestly seems to have been the um whole freaking s- slogan of the switch yet mm-hmm. is that there's just like everything's really fun there's just not enough here well i mean that's kind of also a, just a symptom of of the system of, by itself but you know seeing as how it's still uh not widely available uh most of the games still are having generally positive reviews i think that that'll end up flowing well through the uh to the end of the year into the holiday season and see where it's going after that. Absolutely. No, no like, excuse me. 
Uh, no, I, I t- totally understand that it is like, I mean, I just bought it three months ago. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, no, like I get it still really close to like the launch and the, all the games I have are fun. I own five, which I feel is a lot um, for a system that just came out. Um, but the, you know, and they're all been fun. It's just like, it's just not a quite, there's like just quite not enough there to get me completely invested. Mm-hmm. Like I exhaust because I think part of the problem is that there's not, there hasn't been a sweet spot um with a game that's come out on it that sort of hits you right in the middle breath of the wild gets you over invested which is why it's a fantastic game but that does kind of exhaust you and if you want something that's sort of just like not as intense as breath of the wild you only have the complete other side of the spectrum there's nothing completely in the middle it's like if it was goldilocks and the three bears is only too hot and too cold there's no just right yeah which, I mean, that's so. that's kind of the big problem for me, like we had talked about last time, as far as being able to just jump in and not do way too much, but kind of liking a little bit more uh, of the uh, just immersive game, but not needing to, to sink, you know, hours and hours of gameplay into something. Yeah, yeah, and like that's, you know, and, and that seems to be a, sort of like a problem on the whole, uh, not just with Nintendo, but with um, a lot of stuff. And I think we talked about, we did talk about E3 last time, didn't we? Uh, I believe so. When was that? When was E3? Oh, God. Um, I can look it up. Start of the, start of the month, I think? Uh, no, we didn't talk about it because it was... E3 was the week that I was in Vegas, and we haven't talked since then. We had talked maybe about maybe what was coming out, but we definitely didn't talk about uh, any of the big things from there. Okay, we can, we can talk a little bit about that if you want to. Yeah, we'll talk about that, and then we'll... Uh, we'll dovetail that into uh, GP Vegas and some of the other stuff since then. Yep. Yep. So, uh, did you, did you get a chance to watch any of the uh, coverage? Uh, I saw some of it. I didn't see it in detail, but I, I kind of saw some of the other stuff uh, coming out as far as, uh, wrap ups and, and summaries and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, since I had the opportunity to, I just basically watched the entire, I watched most of the, most of it live. Um, the, in, and I can say for certainty you did not miss much. Um, it seems definitely that, that like E3 is starting to lose a lot of its luster. Um, especially on these years where there's nothing like really brand new to brand new to announce. Mm-hmm. It's um, similar to me. It ends up being similar to now that uh, there's there's a lot of convergence across everything. It, it ends up coming back to. Uh, again, like selling cars where you, you have to put on a spectacle because every year, like you're not really going to care that all they did was really change how their, how the, uh, the door handle feels when you're getting into the car. Um, so like, I mean, the, <laughs> yeah. you, you end up having, uh, the same type of, uh, games across the platform. You end up having the same types of franchises, IPs, etc. Um, and so there's really, you know, unless it's, it's a new system, there's really not going to be that much that's net new and amazing for all of this stuff for somebody to want to sink their teeth into. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I just remember really looking forward to E3, um, you know, in years past and just hearing about the games. I think part of it is because this is the first E3 where I've been available to for all actually of fully engage yeah, like just really fully engage into it. Um, and I can say that a lot of the um, 
I saw a lot of stuff that was just kind of a big turn off to uh, modern day modern day games. Um, you know, because it's more of the same. I mean, I mean, this E3 especially, like you know, uh, Beth- we can talk about Bethesda's conference uh, where it was, you know, everything, you know, almost all the games that are announced are, uh, sequel, sequel, Skyrim, VR, Skyrim, like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, Fallout, here's some, you know, here's some Fallout 4, have some Fallout 4, you know, uh, VR, and it, 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 you know, like, I mean, how are you supposed to get excited about that? Skyrim came out how long ago? Yeah, it's, it's basically keep living by the same, the, I mean, Similar to like all the stuff that we saw uh, back in like the the airplane movie and stuff like that, where they're in you know the year twenty twenty whatever, and it's Rocky thirty seven um, is coming out yeah. in the theaters, and so now it's kind of very similar to that going across there. Yeah, and I will have to give um, I you know I just poo pooed the fest a little bit, but I do have to say they gave me the most uh, tantalizing uh, possibility for an experience. Uh, this coming this Halloween, and that is Wolfenstein. Okay, uh, which comes out it should be coming out in October, close to Halloween, like the twenty seventh. So uh, that I'm kind of excited to play Wolfenstein two uh, because it seems like kind of kind of kind of zany, and you know, there's nothing more American than shooting Nazis. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that and to get that kind of sort of like a you know, sort of that kind of gory, spooky, spooky game to line up right close to Halloween is pretty, be pretty exciting. And you can, you know, get a little experience going for that. So speaking of the kind of the, the Halloween side of things, have you played, uh, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, on, on any of the systems? No, I haven't. I, that's it. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard about it. And it sounds like so much fun. I have just not gotten a chance to get into get uh, get into it yet. Yeah, I haven't gotten into it yet either. Um, uh, I did have friends in town this weekend because, uh, as I'll go into detail later, um, I uh, I had my bachelor party. It was this past weekend. Um, although I was mm-hmm. sick for that, so it was a much more muted uh, weekend than. Uh, uh, at least from from my end, than what we would have done. Um, but one of my buddies, he he plays it at home. So while I was uh, lounging and trying to to save up some energy for for Saturday, uh, he was playing some of that Friday night here while while we were watching him. Um, and it's it looks super fun. I mean, just running around as being either Jason and having a lot of the ridiculous uh, kills, and or just being um, just a a camper that you can run around and do like numerous things to either try to kill Jason, uh, try to sell out your other campers, which when he was playing just in pickup groups, people were doing left and right. Um, uh, (laughs) and, or just, you know, trying to just do it all yourself and just go solo and and try to run away. So, um, it was definitely, it was definitely pretty, uh, pretty awesome. And for kind of the low budget game that they, they made it on, um, and, uh, kind of the, the wildly popular success that they had. I mean, it, it was something where, again, that is taking something that's an existing IP, um, but something that has come out to be wildly uh, popular based off of not like a 97 sequel, um, but just taking, you know, uh, an old uh, IP and, a, and a, a, a new spin on it and kind of seeing what it is. And, and that, that seems to be a, have been really well done. So uh, I think uh, if it keeps going and it keeps remaining popular, I may try to check it out later this summer. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, 
like I like that it's just the right level of nostalgia bomb mm-hmm. um, can combined with like like a new take on sort of the genre, um, you know, because it's sort of like this weird team based play. Uh, but there's a point where you can just say, ah, screw the team yep, <laughs> and steal the gas can, fill up the car and drive away. <laughs> Yeah, there, there were a couple, and at, like at the end, it'll uh, it'll end up saying like how each player died or, or what happened, and um, like there's some that like the people die in it. It'll just say betrayed, um, and then like there's one where it's like Jason was chasing two people, and one person stopped, and then like waited for him to reach out, and then ran, and then so grabbed the person behind him. Um, so there was like plenty of stuff there where it was just a, a you know a plenty of different tactics, and some of just people just uh, probably being your typical online gamer of not paying attention to, but um, <laughs> it all, the, I mean, the gameplay looked awesome. The kind of how you can level up each of the characters looked, looked pretty awesome. And, you know, Jason has different loadouts. You can play different Jasons. Um, and then, uh, I mean, my favorite Jason movie um, is uh, just be for the nostalgia factor is always uh, episode eight, Jason takes New York. Um, and that one where he like one of the kills he has in there is he just like punches a guy's a boxer's head, like straight off his head or straight off his body. Um, <laughs> and so there's, there's one there where he, he does that here where he just basically stands there and just like straight cold cocks the guy and pops his head right off his shoulders. And that's in there. So that was just a, another winner for me. Yeah. That's funny. That is funny. I I am like excited to check that out. And that you know you are uh, like you are right that it would be something that would be really fun to give a little uh, a little romp with, especially around the the Halloween time. I, I mean, for <laughs> growing up, that was always we'd always get uh, like pizza and and go watch movies after Halloween or whatever. And I mean, once we were of the age to to start watching the the Friday the Thirteenth movies, they they were always uh, at least one of them in the rotation for for the Halloween movie. So uh, that's always a, a good time for me as far as um, uh, you know, uh, Jason and, and Halloween time. Yeah, yeah. The um, so there was Wolfenstein, uh, and then there was let's see what else got me really excited. Uh, Nintendo's conference overall was a bit uh, str- stronger than the rest of them um we got a release date for mario odyssey um which is exciting which also is i think in in october i think it's the same day as wolfenstein too um and so that's going to be a busy a busy week (laughs) either jumping on goombas or killing nazis yeah Yeah. (laughs) um and and but yeah there wasn't anything you know uh super the news there's a new spider-man game in and out uh, announced uh that looked pretty good that tied in with the new movie or similar to it uh god it was so late i mean um, i imagine unless it ends up being uh unless it ends up being a more cartoon or animated version i would imagine it would have to be tied in in some way shape or form i mean i would imagine so like it you know um, like it had like the users, there was an Easter egg of Miles Morales in there and, um, Mr. Negative. Okay. Um, so, you know, there was, there was a little bit like they only showed like this really heavy action sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously nobody's going to sit there and <laughs> nobody's going <laughs> to, Sony's not going to sit there for E3 and be like, yeah, so, uh, here's this book. <laughs> 
Well, I Here's mean, Peter Parker reading a book. <laughs> I mean, they they may want to you know uh, bestow upon everyone their amazing uh, layout system. You know, just you know, since that that does uh, try to the menu layout and all of that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I uh, uh, it was it was pretty uh, pretty wild. Um, I mean, that looked cool, but like once it, it was you know it was just a conference full of you know I we re- I think we really got. That uh, people poop on Nintendo about stuff, but they're smart the way that they handle their IPs. Mm-hmm. They're incredibly smart. One of the big things that was announced was two Metroid games finally, um, after you know so many years here, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's really smart because uh, it leaves it doesn't. There's no exhaustion. There's no sequel exhaustion. Um, you know. Uh, people talk about that a little bit when they talk about like the Mario games and stuff, Mm -hmm. but in the last, I guess, seven years specifically, they're all kind of different. They each have like a unique thing. And this is the thing too, is that, you know, you're not supposed to buy every Mario game. It's weird. Like, um, I mean, you can, and you get exhausted when you sit there and you go through them, but usually they do it enough where they all kind of feel differently, especially in the last five years. Um, but no, it's smart. I mean, could you imagine if we had had Metroid games coming out every single system? Yeah. No one would be. No one would give a crap about Metroid. Yeah, there'd definitely be burnout there. Yeah, because Metroid is a very specific kind of game. There's a reason there's only two Kid Icarus games. You know, um, there's reason. There's a reason. You know, they hem and haw about releasing Smash Bros on a system, like because it's one of these things where. If I think, and I think we do ourselves a bit of disservice with as consumers too, where uh, you know a lot of folks go, I won't buy this until Y comes out. You know, I won't buy you know I won't buy X until you know Z comes out and all that kind of stuff. Like you know, uh, instead of just experiencing the new IPs and seeing what interesting things come about, um, I believe we do ourselves a bit of disservice by doing that sometimes, especially as consumers. Um, I mean, because there's a lot of interesting stuff that comes out, and I mean, crap without Nintendo. I mean, I mean, even Nintendo's conference was pretty good, but the highlight of their conference was announcing a sequel, a Metroid sequel. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like it's like you know, uh, and announcing a Pokemon, uh, a Pokemon sequel, which you know, I uh, I've been so bored I actually completed a Pokedex. Uh, so that should probably tell you uh, the headspace that I'm in. Yeah. So <laughs> lots of free time. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of these things. And, and I mean, if you look at the movies, uh, I've been watching a lot of movies too. Um, uh, if you look at the movies, uh, you know, same thing where it's just the sequel, 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 sequel. And I, I man, I, I just kill for some good old fashioned IPs. I just kill for some good old fashioned new IPs. But so that was, uh, yeah. It, was there anything else for E3? That was the, the week of, yeah, 13th to the 15th. So that was the beginning of the week when I was starting to, to melt my ass off in Vegas. Yeah. No, I mean, E3 was literally the only way I could describe it as like the year of the sequel. I mean, Xbox released a sequel to Xbox, Xbox One X. Like mm-hmm. that, Xbox One X. Uh, so they released a sequel to it. And like, it's better now, guys. Year of the sequel. E3, 
year of the year of the sequel. Yeah, I mean, so we'll see. We'll see next year if they've actually got some new stuff, or uh, if there's actually going to be anything else coming around that, or what what else comes. Uh, so if they can actually hold uh, decent uh, secrets until uh, um, the the holiday time frame. Yeah, I I think I'm going to say it. Um, I don't think E3 is long for this world. Like uh, that, I don't. I think. You know, E3 really rose to prominence when we didn't have a lot of, we didn't have information readily available. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of just, I think it's kind of just going the way of the dodo. Um, It'll be really interesting if we still have an E3 conference on maybe 10 years from now. Well, and that's where I think even, uh, because I was talking about this over the weekend um, after we went to Galloping Ghost, which we had talked about last time. Um, But like, I mean, so many games there that I uh, I was diving into and playing, and I, I mean I remember seeing so many of them and reading so many of them in GamePro and Electronic Gaming Monthly and all of that stuff, and so it just ended up being something where it was such a a funneled uh, distribution channel, and it was a, a definitely like a, an in crowd for getting all the information about all of that stuff. Whereas now, like the that's just something where it, it has to be like a completely different uh, concept where it, it, instead of that's just the place you're going just to learn about stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I think if it's going to survive, it's got to change and pivot to be more of a, a gaming conference uh, as opposed to anything else. But then you've got like uh, PAX and all of its various incarnations, which is just much more, um, you know, consumer friendly already. Uh, and I don't know if they, if they can see that, you know, E3 for what it is is definitely a, a dying breed, um, so that it would uh, it would end up being something where they'll they'll either have to you know pivot or die for for some of that stuff because it's definitely not the it doesn't have the same cachet and it doesn't have the same uh, financial backing that it did when you know you had a, a handful of uh, uh, pieces that you could get information through as opposed to just opening up uh, uh, you know Facebook and having it be there on any number of things in in your feed. Yeah, like the and it, what's also interesting about with that same situation is that they actually opened E3 to the public uh, for the very first time, uh, and apparently it was just off. I got a chance to speak speak someone uh, speak with someone who actually was able to go to E3 for work purposes, and it just sounded like they had an awful time. Uh, you know, like you know, of course it's like go to E3. Like I'm doing air quotes for those for those of you at home. Um, or, you know, that aren't watching some NSA feed with me right now. Um, you know, it's, you know, you have fun, but you don't, you know, it sounds miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, you know, oh, oh, yeah, it was like four hours to play a game or this or that. And it's like, but you're with a company. You're with the press. You should not be having to wait for to get your hands on a product to, I don't know, talk, talk about the product. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah i just don't think i just don't think it's you know um very very exciting anymore if i had to go to e3 for some reason if the rick and don show hits a big and i have to go to e3 for some reason i know i'm not going to enjoy myself because, you'll take uh, one for the team and do it anyway though yeah i mean i mean i'll do it but i'm not testing any like i'm not playing anything like I'll probably end up sitting in the back of like one editorial at one time and be like, I'll, I'll, I'll Hunter S Thompson it. I'll be high on something. Mm-hmm. The, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, the, uh, yeah. E3 sounds, um, 
sounds pretty rough just to get your hands on. I mean, like a three hour, like arms came out during the arms came out like the day after E3 or like sometime during that. Mm -hmm. And like people were waiting to play arms. Just buy it. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, that, that's a good pivot point into, into some of the stuff that I was doing uh, in Vegas and, and even just some of the stuff we talked about before with Comic-Con where there ends up being the notion of when, when you're there, uh, it's uh, the excitement and the, the run-up to it and everything uh, just ends up making mm-hmm. it worth more than, than you normally think it would be. Um, whereas there's like... Comic-Con again is great and uh, you know, I'm going again this year and it's for the biggest one. And then for other smaller ones, I mean, there's, there's tons of, of, of fun stuff to do, but if at the end of the day, when you look at what you're actually doing, what you're waiting in line for, um, it's not really worth it. If, if, well, you, you have like a, you're getting a poster that you're going to throw away in, you know, six to nine months. And, but you waited <laughs> in line that was 300 people deep and you wasted like four hours on, it's like, well, if, if you look at it, like what you were working, like obviously like you just earned like three cents an hour to do whatever, um, or you could have just went and bought it and then saved yourself a ton of time. But it's like, but you're there, you're in the middle of it. You're going to be there already. Like, why not just wait and do this other thing at the same time? So, um, I, I see that a lot at, at a lot of conventions and it was even a little bit of that in, uh, in Vegas for, for the GP there. Where it's just again people waiting in line to to kind of do things because it's they see it in front of them and they think it's gonna be easier. There's more value to it as opposed to just you know mm-hmm. going and and either paying for it out of pocket or or uh, um, just working and saving up for it outright as opposed to going and uh, uh, whether that be time or money as far as what you're saving to to kind of put into it. Um, since there's 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 plenty of offsites at, at all these events that uh, although they are free, what they're actually giving you in return it is isn't exactly a you know a value for for the time or effort you expend to do it. So um, we'll see how uh, it, it actually ends up going uh, this year uh, at Comic Con for some of the offsites and everything. But usually they're uh, they're they're not as uh, frequently um, uh, kind of high value as as the. Uh, they're, they're expected to be just because everybody thinks that they're going to be, uh, so quick, so easy. And, and look, I can just go and do this, this, have all this fun and, and get all this stuff for free. When everybody has the same mentality, it always ends up being that you end up waiting on a line similar to the same thing there where it's like, Oh, well, I get to yep. go play this cool new game. But I just have to wait in line for it. Whereas, yeah, you have to wait in line for it, but you've just wasted like three hours and now like your legs hurt mm-hmm. and you have to pee and, and all of this stuff where it's like, you could have just bought it and played it. And if you didn't like it, you could have returned it type thing, but you know, that's <laughs> and, and save yourself a bunch of time at, at the same time. So. Yeah. You, you bring up Vegas and I did, I did want to pick your brain a little bit about this too, since I wasn't able to go. Um, I was reading a lot of articles by channel fireball that said they were more excited to be treating it like a convention than an actual tournament. Um, and, and that at me personally seeing that kind of thing has, it has me like a little bit concerned. Uh, because you know, folks like I, I, you know, sometimes I would go to a GP and not necessarily play in the main, but I would go basically to sort of get, you know, there was enough value there for, for me to go and quickly get stuff signed because the majority of the people that were playing, um, would that turn from sort of actually playing the game to like, do, do you think like, I don't know. So 
I don't was first, I guess the first part is like how accurate is that statement that they treated it more like a convention than a tournament? Well, it definitely, it, it definitely was a, uh, a transition towards a magic convention as opposed to just a GP. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for, for everyone there, it ended up being, um, a, a triple GP. So there was a, a legacy event Thursday, Friday, um, there was a, a sealed event Friday, Saturday, and then there was a modern event on Saturday, Sunday. Um, but they had events running from, uh, Wednesday all the way through Sunday. Uh, Wednesday, it was a, a smaller version since they didn't have any main events running. They were just in a smaller bunch of rooms, but then Thursday through Sunday, they were in a, a big main hall, um, which just had, um, tons of space for everyone. So they ended up, um, going to a, a space that had more than enough room for everyone. Um, there really wasn't, uh, any crunch tables so that you weren't necessarily like sitting on top of your, uh, neighbor or anything like that. Um, so every, everything kind of, uh, fit well there. Um, and there, there, from my experiences, there really weren't very many long lines. Um, and so we may be on the differing points of this, but I, I mean, I'm very much excited to, to have it go towards, uh, a magic convention, um, as opposed to, uh, just a, uh, a single GP. Um, the, mm-hmm. the costs of, of GPs have been, have been rising. So the, the cost of the main event here, uh, for Vegas was a, uh, uh, they, they, they were a little high. Um, I want to say just the base cost of the main events were a hundred dollars. Um, and yeah. so you're getting a playmat, which, uh, based on the current art that nobody really wants, um, you're getting a, uh, a GP promo, which is a progenitus, um, which is valued at like six no bucks. <laughs> um, you're, you're getting, um, a deck box and some sleeves, which is nice. And that's probably, I've got the most use out of the deck box. Um, But then, I mean, that's really no different than um, when, you know, we were playing in GP Richmond three years ago and we got the same stuff, uh, a better promo, a better better play (laughs) mat. And it was 60 bucks less. So like, I I don't understand the difference. Um, So there, there is, that's kind of the, the one big uh, mystery that, uh, like everyone keeps calling out and wizards is just kind of brushing under the the rug. So I think that eventually we'll have to get addressed or else the GP bubble is just going to burst. Um, but, but as a whole, the event itself was run really well. Um, uh, side events were firing extremely, extremely quickly. They were extremely well organized. Um, they had plenty of schedule events that were run extremely well. Um, you didn't really have to wait in long lines to register. I, I was expecting it to be a massive shit show, um, to kind of register for events, for side events and things like that. Um, just based off of, of other things, or even when we were in Charlotte last year and, you know, they had the, the main computer crash and essentially blow up the, uh, the, the main event. Um, but they had everything run smooth, smoothly. When you signed up for on-demand events, um, they basically gave you little buzzers like you're going to Applebee's. Um, and so that when your buzzer rang, you just went and found a specific colored flag and stood there and uh, they collected your stuff and you walked over and then, you know, started drafting. Um, so the the majority of, of the actual event stuff went well. Um, there were probably, I want to say, uh, one, two, three, four. There were probably like 30 to 40 vendors um, there at, at least, um, obviously a lot of single vendors. Um, but then, uh, you know, inked, uh, play mats was there. Um, they had people specifically focusing on like tokens and like custom art tokens. Um, mm-hmm. 
then they had people who they like quiet speculation was there and had some of their stuff as far as like what they're what they're doing and the website um obviously if something that scale they had a lot of vintage magic uh stuff and like a, a lot of high-end magic stuff um lots of booths that were specializing in like altered cards um so I mean, they had tons of tons of vendors for all the different stuff. They had probably the the most collected group of artists I've ever seen at at a GP um, or at a Magic event in general. Um, so I mean, I want to say probably sixteen to twenty artists were there. I want to say, um, and so everything from uh, you know uh, Jesper Mirfors to Noah Bradley. Um, uh, to Steve Argyle, to like everybody in between with, with tons of stuff, um, for all different flavors, all different eras. Um, and so like, uh, one of our friends that, that, uh, made the, the decision to come last minute, um, she ended up just spending a lot of time over there, um, and got tons of stuff signed, t- uh, some quick alters, some, uh, like overnight alters, things like that. But, uh, I wouldn't for, for the amount of people and, and for the amount of size there, um, I would say that the, the, the line waiting was minimal. Um, Good. and so something that was kind of new for this one. Uh, that I'd never seen before was they had a, uh, what they called the arena, um, which was where they were having plenty of live panels. Um, and so they had, uh, as we are a podcast, but we're not a, a quote unquote magic podcast. Um, and we have, we have yet to, to do a live podcast, which we missed the, the chance to do last week, uh, in, in the loosest sense of the word, um, uh, because I was sick when I was in town, but, um, they had plenty of live podcasts uh, at this, what they, what they called an arena, um, which was a, a little, you know, stage area with, uh, about, um, uh, stadium seating for about 80 people, uh, set up in, in kind of in the left side of the convention hall. Everything I had just talked about so far had just been on like the right side of the convention hall. Um, so if, if you just imagine, um, uh, just basically two big convention halls that are put, you know, that just have a fake wall in between, um, fake wall removed, but then everything so far has just been on that right side. Um, they have this arena on the left side, um, that is taking up maybe a quarter of that space. Um, and so, uh, we were able to, to watch one of the Magic Mike's podcasts there. Um, they had a, uh, a preview show for the, the next set, um, that used, uh, oversized cards and some, uh, characters who were play acting, um, some better than others. Uh, but then, uh, they did that. They had, uh, I want to say Friday, all day, Friday, all day, Saturday, all day, Sunday, they had, they basically had like, uh, either 45 to 90 minute, uh, sessions going in, in there. So that again, that was very much more similar to, um, a, a convention so that they had, uh, original content panels, et cetera there. So if you were attending and you didn't want to play or you were, you weren't playing or you wanted to take a break, you had other magic related content as opposed to just having to deal, uh, with the cards and, and paper in your hand. So everything from, um, just trivia to podcasts to uh, cosplay creators um, and you know all, all the the types of content back and forth in between um, one of the other things they had there was they, they had the first of its kind of a, a magic art show um, this was on on Kickstarter as well to, to get some funding for it um, and then uh, they uh, they had this in, in one of the rooms where they had um, and I know I'm not going to remember all of it, but they had a lot of, they had a ton of original art from Amiket, uh, obviously, since that's the most recent set. Um, they had some from both Return to Ravnica and the original, origi- yeah, original, original Ravnica set. 
Um, <laughs> and there's, I want to say, Shadow More Lorwyn era. I want to say they they had a couple blocks. I, f- I forget one of the other ones, um, but they they had a couple of uh, pieces of original art, um, like for all the sets. And so they had it from everything from the style guides all the way up to like original pencil sketches to like uh, matte oil paintings and some of this stuff. So it was, it was very interesting to see a lot of this artwork that, you know, is getting seen in person in their original aspect ratios and the original setups. Cause a lot of these art pieces are cut up to go across multiple cards and you really don't see them put back together as a whole very easily. Um, and so it, that was, a, that was an awesome touch to, to kind of see that and have a different perspective there that is, is yet again, um, you know, you're used to going to GPs, you're used to picking up art, you're used to looking for play mats of specific art and, and everything. But like, this is, you know, the actual art for the first time. Um, and kind of seeing a lot of that is, is pretty amazing. Um, that also had a, had a special place in my heart since I was able to to uncover the the original uh, playtest name and or just the original concept name uh, for Coiling Oracle from uh, from Dissension. Um, and so, uh, as you know, it's a it's a little uh, mutant elf snake, um, and uh, he's blue and green. Um, and instead of uh, going by the name of Coiling Oracle, his, uh, his uh, at least in the, the original pencil sketch, uh, his name was uh, Manaconda. Um, and so, so that's been stuck in my head ever since I saw that. And I, I you know, tweeted that out uh, right afterwards. Um, and every, everyone that I've told that has, uh, has uh, gone right into uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot bit, um, which I, <laughs> I'm very proud of. Um, and I mean, the, Based on the the popularity and success of the art show's Kickstarter, um, they were able to put out a group fund to to help fund um, a lot of cosplayers to come so that they could go and then drive people to the art show, um, but then also just have them show up and, and be there as well. So, um, I mean, there were, I want to say, a couple dozen high-end cosplayers. I was playing in an event on Wednesday, um, and there was a full-blown Ajani uh, female cosplayer. Um, wow. and so she's sitting there in, uh, you know, full armor, uh, full face paint, uh, dressed as a cat, a Leonin cat warrior, um, having, uh, whatever the hell you call a Johnny's big ax staff thing, um, sitting there playing modern master sealed. Um, so that was awesome. Uh, but it's also very strange when you just look down the table and see, you know, a Johnny sitting there. Um, uh, but then like over the course of the weekend saw like Sahili Rai cosplayers, um, a couple of Sorens, there was a, a Bantu, uh, cosplayer, um, and so there's just tons and tons of cosplayers. So it really did turn it into a full-blown magic convention. Um, and it didn't take, for me, it didn't feel like it took away from the actual magic playing. I played in a Thursday event. Or I played uh, sealed events on Wednesday. I was there for the legacy event on Thursday, had uh, a lineup of absolutely horrible matchups, played like crap, um, uh, you know, dropped, uh, for uh since i am not uh, entirely a masochist um didn't want to keep playing in uh in matchups where i i was uh heavily an underdog uh, came back friday played more sealed saturday sealed sunday sealed and or draft um one of the other side events that, that i i missed was they had a history of draft um which had uh essentially speed drafts of uh almost every set in magic um you would draft your your normal set but th- uh, then you would only play a uh, um 
a one game match, you wouldn't play best two out of three. Um, so it, it sped it up a little bit and made it a little bit more casual. So it wasn't as, um, as kind of competitive. Um, just so you're kind of there seeing what cards you can play. Um, and so I, I played Rise of the Eldrazi, which because I was out when that set first came out and I knew it was supposed to be a really fun uh, set and uh, draft format. Had a blast. The, the group we were playing with was super cool. Um, and then I, uh, the, the biggest thing I want to do besides play Legacy um, is uh, is play uh, in the Tempest draft on Sunday. Um, I did that. I opened absolutely zero value. Um, I saw plenty of people around me who opened plenty of value, but I, I opened zero value. Um, <laughs> but I, I still had fun uh, drafting stuff and then um, just, you know, playing with some of the cards that I, you know, grew up playing with or grew up like when I first started cracking boxes and just being able to crack packs and, and do that. So, um I mean, overall, I, I told some other friends, like, it, it, it's definitely something that could be done every year. It's definitely something that um, still has the chance to grow. Uh, they, they still have the option of, uh, or they still have the room to grow into to more panels, have more content. Uh, if they want to keep it a triple GP main event, that's fine. I could see them moving it to a double event and still having the same success. Um, but j- just with the, the same events and everything, I, I can see it going well. It probably bodes well for something like that, based off of um, uh, based off of Channel Fireball getting the the GP, this kind of the sole GP uh, tournament operator uh, or tournament organizer um, set up for for 2018. So we'll see if they end up planning something like that. Um, the only negative I had heard across the board was uh, the the notion of a the prize wall. Um, Channel Fireball ended up having. Uh, they, they paid out everything in, in prize tickets, uh, which is fine. Um, it makes it easier than just, you know, everybody getting packs and then you needing to figure out how you can get rid of packs. Um, since no matter what you're doing, no one wants 9,362 booster packs of, uh, Amonkhet. Um, <laughs> unless you need to start burning paper to stay alive. That's really the only time a lot of that's going to come in handy. Um, oh, and they don't even burn well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that's the, they didn't really have enough space there to accommodate. Um, obviously once people, once people are kind of already invested in spending the economy you're building, um, they're going to spend more time there than at the booth where they, where you want them to put more money out of their pocket. Um, so there, there just wasn't enough room at the, the prize wall to begin with. Um, and then the kind of one of the things that, I mean, I do give them credit for is they had singles at the prize wall. Um, but the over the course of the weekend, a lot of the singles uh, selection just kind of dwindled, um, and there really wasn't as much uh, that you would expect to be able to buy from the prize wall available on a at a singles level. Um, whereas you know, spin around right behind you, uh, that's the Channel Fireball booth that had everything that they brought to the show with them. Um, but you couldn't yeah. use the prize wall tickets there; you had to use them at the prize wall. Um, so I can understand them not wanting to, you know to take a loss to basically sell singles for where they could get cash for it, for things that they already have money for when they have price tickets, et cetera. Um, but if you're advertising that as, as an option for it, it, it would make sense to to have that be, be an option. Um, I didn't get bit by it for some of the stuff I was looking at. Like it, they were, they had some duels there earlier in the week. Um, I didn't have enough tickets to buy them anyway. So I, th- those weren't on my radar. I was able to get some really cheap, um, uh, singles that I was looking for, um, for, for what I wanted. So it really wasn't too bad. Um, but if, if you, if you are looking to say, okay, 
we know we're going to hit, um, we, we need to get like 1,200 tickets for something, and we can do three events and, and we'll get there, but we're playing in a main event Thursday, Friday, you would still have the expectation that you could come Saturday and, and hit some of that because you know they're going to have more duels on, on the other side of things, even if they're like uh, heavily played or, or moderately played. Um, and so just kind of, it, it's a little bit disingenuous to have those there at the beginning of the week uh, and then not have them there at the end of the week when you know they have more in stock. Um, so yeah. that was that was kind of the biggest complaint that I had heard uh, across everything, but everything else was a, was a net positive from everyone that I knew that was there, uh, read online since then, and kind of have seen just kind of in the in the zeitgeist. Yeah, no, like I'm really like you know I'm interested to see how they turn it uh, next year. Um, if it's one of these things where if, if they turn it more conventiony, that sort of just makes it easier for me to decide whether or not. Um, because like some of the things about magic that other people like, I don't, I don't enjoy as much. Um, so like, um, you know, like I'm not really like big into the lore or any, anything. Um, and I know for some people that's like you know what they're really into. So it'll be interesting to see if they go towards more uh, closer to convention. Uh, if they if they continue that idea through just like the GPS that happen around around the country and not just uh, localized mm-hmm. to. Um, one of the, you know, the, like the big, like weekend where there's like two, two or more events happening. Um, and if that's the case, that means, you know, you know, that, that all of a sudden TPs go on par for me as like just another convention. And I don't know. It's like one of those things would be really interesting to see if, um, like, it's like they be, they, they play other contentions. It's like, oh, you know, next year it's like, well, maybe I could go to Vegas or I could go to, you know, I could go to PAX or, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's interesting to see where the, um, where there's sort of be competing in like that pool, uh, because there is a lot of overlap for a lot of convention goers. Unless, yeah. You know, you're, you're into, <laughs> I mean, for me, it was, it was one where, uh, in talking to some of my friends there, it, it was one that I did end up saying for me, it's something where I could see myself, giving up Comic-Con or San Diego to go to a magic convention. Um, mm-hmm. Now I may prefer that to be somewhere else besides Las Vegas. Um, since yeah. when we were there, it was ranging wildly between 108 and 110 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, <laughs> and so it was uh, legitimately walking outside of uh, the hotel. We stayed at the Monte Carlo Um walking outside of the hotel at 8 a.m. and it being a balmy 98 degrees. Um, and then by the time you got off the, the tram 10 minutes later, it was, you know, up to 105. Um, and just, uh, I mean, I, I think I came back with my, my book bag being five pounds heavier, just full of sweat, just, you know, on the shoulder straps uh, by itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, the convention center itself, like it was well air conditioned and there was plenty of space. So like there wasn't any of that uh, of, a, of an issue. But just getting there was just a, a pain and uh, just kind of oppressive heat and everything. So I mean, so if they move that to somewhere like a, a San Diego, which the the the, the temperature itself um, is is much more mild, um, or just another venue where uh, you know it's not Las Vegas in the middle of June, mm-hmm. uh, might be a, a little bit more uh, uh, 
uh, alluring to, to some players um, and, and con goers. But I, I mean, overall, like I, I think that that's something they could do. Um, they obviously had a lot of support from wizards to get some folks there. Um, and it's, I, I don't think that would be the way they would be going with every GP just based on um, keeping, you know, the GPs as, you know, uh, a main event, some side events and here some other stuff for other people. Um, but as the, the weekend went on, I was ended up talking to lots of folks who didn't play at all. Um, Mm -hmm. or who weren't playing over the course of the weekend, I should say, not that they didn't play Magic. Um, There were a lot of people there that were um, spouses or significant others of people that were playing. So there were people that we were sitting next to in the arena, um, people that I was you know, just talking to, walking in Artist Alley, or just sitting down at tables and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So there were plenty of people there that had plenty of different facets for magic, but it didn't seem like any of them were getting taken away from, uh, anybody else, uh, of kind of having the, the newer mm-hmm. pieces there that, um, just kind of the newer avenues to kind of consume the game. Um, and I mean, based on, um, some of the more recent announcements and some of the way that they're looking to get the game, uh, consumed and distributed, um, that may or may not, you know, lead to something where this could be done every year or every other year or something like that. Um, and uh, and we'll because usually it's always aligned with uh, Vegas being air or GP Vegas being a uh, a modern masters uh, GP and and something related to that. Uh, whereas the sealed event this year was uh, a Monquette, so standard sealed, um, but they had tons of uh, modern master side events, which is what I played all weekend long. Um, but that was also the other thing that everybody else had had mentioned, where they wished that the sealed event, the sealed main event, was a modern masters event. Uh, and then they would have played that. So as as long as they end up having modern masters of uh, releases or, or sets or plans, um, I would imagine having them have some viability for for coming back to Vegas uh, on a large scale uh, every so often. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's interesting, and it is something I would um, like you know check out at some point to see what they're like. Um, I would like to just um, like you know because in general i would like to go to more convention kind of things in general just to see you know which ones i would like um you know it's just kind of a bummer because there's no um there's like dragon con in atlanta um but you know for the things that i'm interested in um you know i i don't live in the right area of the states to actually benefit from a lot of that Mm -hmm. um you know you've got the portland like for instance if you lived on the west coast you've got the portland Portland Retro Gaming Expo, uh, and then you've got uh, the Seattle Retro Gaming Expo, <laughs> and it's just like, man, it's like they get the, you know you get two uh, plus all the other stuff plus you get access to PAX West, mm-hmm. um, you know down down here in the Mid Atlantic we don't get a we don't get a ton of stuff. Um. <laughs> well, and that's where like I mean the the interesting thing for me in this perspective is with with it finally being a a Magic convention. Um, I mean, whenever I've gone to, to conventions of any sort, uh, there's always been magic side events of, of some kind. Uh, when you go to, to San Diego, there's, uh, they've got one kind of, uh, set up on the side where, uh, there's a, a TO out there that, that runs tournaments, uh, all weekend long. And, um, you can, you, you know, you can jump over and do, you know, some limited stuff or they have like con long leagues, um, or standard and, and modern or some two headed stuff and everything. And when C2E2 was here in April, it was or March this year. Um, 
it was or no April this year, March last year. Um, it was the same thing where they have you know a much smaller to here, but they're I mean they're running they're running some pre releases because it was the pre release weekend for a Monquette. Um, so you know they're running um, some events there for that. So there's you you're always able to find magic stuff at a con, um, but it feels like to to do that at the same time you have to take yourself away from the con and mm-hmm. to do some of the magic stuff. So if you're do if you're going to a magic convention, um it it's uh for me it feels like a much more natural fit because the con planning is around playing magic and so it's similar to if you're going to Dragon Con uh or sorry, if you're going to Gen Con, like you know you're going to play board games XYZ, like it's planned around that like you're not missing out on this panel because you wanted to play this game mm-hmm. or whatever. Um so it, to me it seems like a much more natural fit as so that you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. Um, but again, it is at a much larger scale as opposed to um, who you may be playing against, it, depending on the type of uh, you know expected value you're looking to get out of any given magic experience. Um, that, that could be a different experience too, because if you're a semi-competitive player who wants to go to a convention and, and try to, um, you know, get the most value out of events that people think are underplayed or, or, you know, just to, to play with people who are less experienced than you, then, I mean, obviously that's going to, you're going to have better luck if that's your MO doing that at a, uh, at, at a convention that isn't focused on magic. Whereas the majority of the players at a, um, you know, magic convention slash triple GP, um, are going to be at least somewhat cognizant for, uh, for a lot of the stuff, uh, or at least the, the game itself. Um, so you, you have kind of both, both sides. And I mean, I obviously don't see magic not being a side event in almost every con that's out there going forward. Um, but just having everything and kind of getting the, the attribution to itself is, is something that that's good too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it goes forward. Um, let's see. Yeah. No, I don't, did you, uh, you know, don't mean to change it too terribly hard on you here. Um, but it, speaking of games that have, you know, or, uh, things that have been around for approximately 20 some odd years, uh, the Super Nintendo, uh, Nintendo has actually announced a Super Nintendo mini, uh, in the same vein as the Nintendo, uh, the NES, the NES classic, uh, that came out, uh, last year. So that's uh, a pretty interesting thing is they've got a, uh, you know, another one of those coming out. So I did I think... see the announcement, but I did not see any of the details. I saw a list of the games, um, mm-hmm. which I was which I was pretty happy about. Um, but I did not see any of the details, cost, when it'll be available, where you can get it or anything like that. Uh, so quick rundown. Uh, the cost is 80 bucks, Which is not bad at all, considering that's the cost of like one and a half current gen games yeah um the and and some of those games is like you know a third of the secondary market um the the, it's coming out september 29th uh nintendo said there's going to be an app full supply i don't know exactly what that means um because it's nintendo so it's funny for me when these systems come out like this it puts me in this weird spot because when i have 75 to 85 percent of it is it really worth it for me to buy the emulation box you know Mm -hmm. um and especially with the super nintendo with some of the lineup i have some of the more expensive i have um some of the more expensive games uh so 
so it's just one of these things where it's like, well, would I get it? Like, I don't, I don't have five of the games, and I'm like, mm, eh, you know. But, but that's so. that's a, a cheaper way of getting uh, most of the games than probably what mm-hmm. you would pay for. Then again, going back to waiting Absolutely. in line, spending time and uh, time and effort and all of that stuff uh, of getting the rest of them to figure out what you would need to do for the rest of them. So. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the uh, it's it's a pretty interesting uh, interesting thing. If there if I didn't have some of the games, um, where even if I had like half of the games, if I didn't have the ones that were more expensive, mm-hmm. the ones that are closer into the the, the almost two hundred dollar range kind of thing, um, I would most likely probably like really excited to get it. Uh, but since I have most of the expensive ones and just you know missing like. Like, I don't have Super Ghouls and Ghosts, which is, like, like a $20 game. Um, you know, I'm not going nuts for Super Ghouls and Ghosts, not being a nation. But for folks, I see how it's, like, a, it'll be a really good uh, good thing for folks. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to You know, I'm looking forward to it, too. Because I think uh, I always like products products like this because, you know, it leads to people looking at me cra- like I'm a little less crazy when they're like, what did you play this weekend? And I'm like, oh, I played this really old RPG on the Super Nintendo from, you know, 23 years ago. <laughs> what? You well, I mean, COD? well, yeah, I mean, just just looking at some of them, I mean, saying that, I mean, you that could end up being Final Fantasy. That could end up being Secret of Mana. So, I mean, so there's there's a number of them there that, you you know, you have these these old school uh, games that are um, some of the top rated games for any uh any system, any era, but you know, they've just been locked away uh, in uh, the, both the system and their, their cartridges. So now being able to get access to all of those is is nuts. So, I mean, just looking at the list that I see here, it's got super Mario world, super Mario Kart, which is just, you know, insane by itself. Uh, The legend of Zelda. uh, I can't see which one, uh, Oh, a link to the past, which is awesome. Um, Super Metroid F zero, which I'm, an insane fan of even though i suck at racing games and uh horrible at that one i i still i'm still a huge fan of it uh street fighter 2 turbo i believe um yes uh super punch out castlevania 3 donkey kong country mega man x that's uh, actually castle that's castlevania super castlevania 4 uh, okay. which is arguably one of the best castlevanias okay and um, what i'm looking at here it's got a it's a screen cap of all of them and it's blurry so i can't really see that one uh, one of the Kirby games, uh, or two Kirby games, actually, uh, Kirby's dream course and Kirby superstar. Yep. Um, which Kirby superstar is a steal because it's sort of, it, it's sort of like, a, it's sort of like a remake, but sort of a compilation of stuff. Kirby's dream course is really fun. I was actually really surprised at the overall list too, because they didn't give, uh, give you any sports games. Um, so there's like no super tech mobile, yep. uh, or was that the super tech mobile three? Um, so it was really exciting to see that. I mean, you also get earthbound, uh, earthbound star Fox are also there, uh, with earthbound being very expensive, uh, secret of mana, you know, some of those games are pretty, pretty up there, um, on the secondary for the original cartridge. And so then it's, star it's, Fox, and then they're saying a never before released star Fox two, which should be interesting. Um, yeah, and then Contra Three is another one that I'd be interested on that list too. So there's there's definitely tons of replay value there for yeah. for eighty bucks. Where shit, I mean that's the cost of 
a movie and a half uh, here based on what I paid to go see Wonder Woman here. So um, that would that would definitely be worth worth its time. Uh, it were worth its weight in gold for that. Yes. Uh, speaking of that, speaking of movies, I, I I gotta we gotta talk a little bit about the advanced screening that, that I went to for a <laughs> for a rough night there. We didn't get a chance to talk about that. Yeah, and so that that was based on me being sick last week and, and kind of uh, the as or last week into this week, um, we weren't able to get together. So to show you face to face how to do some blogging on the site, so you can actually put the uh, uh, Don's pre reviews uh, in into the the, the website. But uh, we'll have to do that uh, virtually to to make sure we can get that going. Since this was probably the the sickest I've felt in a long time, whereas the yeah. The last time I, I felt this bad was Thanksgiving three years ago, um, where legitimately it, it was food poisoning and I thought I was going to die. Um, but I crawled to the shower at three in the morning and just like sat in the shower for like two hours just because that was the only way. Like I felt legitimately like the like the middle of my bones and like my bone marrow was icing over. Um cool. And so, so that was pretty bad then this time it was like, I just, I knew something was wrong. Like I could not get, could not be right. I had, I, I felt tying it all back into video games. Like I said, over the weekend, um, I felt like I had a, a, a blue spiny shell for Mario Kart at the bottom of my throat. Um, because that's how, how bad it hurt. Um, and so it was just, it was crap. So like it, it, it sucked that we couldn't hook up when I was in town last week, but, uh, it, like I said, it would not have been, it would not have been fun if, uh, to, to be in person and, and at least hopefully if, if we can look at it that way uh I, I at least was hopefully not in contagious and would have not infected you then so at least you, you have that <laughs> yeah. as a as a uh you know as a positive yes yeah well you told me you were phone well, i was gonna let you rest anyway because i know i know feeling well can uh you know not feeling well can can be a pretty big drag especially on uh especially on stuff that takes a ton of energy so yeah, so uh, we'll uh, we'll get some of the uh, the blog posts and get you blogging on there. But why don't you uh, close us out this week with your uh, with your updated uh, or your actual review of uh, of Rough Night? Then, man. Uh, okay, so I think I gave that movie what was it one star, half star? Uh, we'll have to review the tape, but I want to say it couldn't have been more than a half star. Yeah, this movie was pretty bad. Um, so. Uh, I so you know it's one of these things where like I totally forgot I totally forgot we talked about it got the passes signed up for him and then went and was like trying to like talk myself into it being like not bad mm-hmm. and um I was I was I was right the first time <laughs> uh, it's it's weird um so I guess slight spoiler they kill a stripper um and it's not even a slight spoiler because it, it's used in all the, all the yeah. advertising for the movie in and, in the kind of the grand scheme of things, though, this is the for better or worse with the all the the female rebranding. Um, they did this movie twenty years ago. It was called Very Bad Things, and mm-hmm. it was a all male crew that went and they had a bachelor party. They ended up having a stripper. The stripper ended up dying, and then they went and uh, had to take or they instead of doing, you know, the logical thing and, and kind of going to the, the authorities, they went the other way and, and tried to um, cover it up and everything. So I think that went for the more dramatic turn, whereas this is kind of like a reimagining of that on the comedic turn. Um, 
but yeah, it's like, that's something where it's kind of like, it's not a spoiler at all. It's like, it's a central plot point that they want you to know, like it's a bachelorette party. They kill a stripper and shit goes sour. And that's kind of where it goes from there. Yeah. I, this movie did not know what it wanted to be. Um, there were things where it's, 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 so that's what it does is it, it loads, it's, it loads itself up with comedian actors known for, uh, comedic roles and, and known for their prowess, uh, you know, their uh, acting prowess for being funny, mm-hmm. um, and and Scarlett Johansson, um, which she's in the point of her career where she's doing more comedy, comedic roles, and I don't know why. Um, I've never really looked at Scarlett Johansson, and she just doesn't seem like a funny kind of person to me. Um, she reminds me. Oh God, she reminds me of Britta from Community, uh, yep, yep. just like person. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Or she'd be like, I pushed the guy down the stairs. It's funny, right? And you're like, no, Britta, it's not. Um, So, yeah, like the movie didn't know what it really wanted to be. Um, every single, um, as I had, I had a theater teacher uh, in college who would always say a lot of, oh, you don't want to take the low hanging fruit when you make all your choices. Mm-hmm. And uh, this movie was nothing but low hanging fruit all around. Yeah, basically the the simplest joke that could be made. Yeah. Um, I think uh, out of the hour and a half runtime. So it's always bad when you go into a movie and it feels like it's being milked for runtime mm-hmm. just to hit the feature, to hit feature length. Yeah. Uh, that that. the movie got one laugh out of me the entire time. Um, it was so bad to the point where like I, I've gotten, like the further that I, I got away from like um, acting and under my under, undergraduate undergraduate studies, like the better I got about watching movies and sort of just being able to enjoy them. It's bad when, when I'm noticing all of the setups and all of the foreshadowing, uh, air quotes again, um, that are, because it's so blatant and it's like one of these things I can tell. Like they wrote it and they're like patting themselves on the back. Um, yeah, basically, like, look, look at how awesome this joke was, or look at how funny this would be. Well, look at this sweet setup, but the movie's not very funny. Like, it deals with the dynamic of the group, um, and how they're all just kind of awful people. Um, and it deals with... The highlight of this was seeing that Bo Burnham was in this movie. Uh, and it was sort of surreal to see somebody I have a picture with on TV, uh, on an actual movie screen. Um... But it was just, it was, um, it didn't, it, like, it wasn't, like, it went from trying to be funny to not being funny to where there's, like, too many tonal shifts. Mm-hmm. And for a group of people that are supposed to be moderately successful in life, st- uh, the, the characters range from state politicians um, to lawyers, uh, you know school teachers for a group of people that were supposed to be kind of smart um they did a lot of very stupid things that just didn't make sense logically um and you know you combine that with the tonal shifts in the movie was just a mess um it didn't feel um a lot of the stuff fell at right um where they uh so many tropes um because a lot of folks are saying this is supposed to be like the female version of the hangover mm-hmm. um 
like not as not fair to the hangover or to like to be clear and let me be clear i don't like the hangover that much i don't really like the hangover yep. i think that movie is kind of silly um but at least it totally it knows what it's doing um, it, it's not just trying to borrow from too many other things and it has an identity of its own yeah, yeah like this movie was just bad um i mean for you know it's bad when so like scarlett johansson's character there's a state politician who dresses very similar to Hillary Clinton, has a very similar hairstyle haircut. And, you know, like, so when they kill the stripper, the first joke I thought of was somebody looking at this at Scarlett Johansson's character and be like, well, you are running to be a politician, so it's only natural that you kill a stripper. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just like at least that kind of like set up for something kind of funny. And instead, you know, don't get blood on the rug is the joke they go with yeah like like i mean that's not you know you know it it, it uh, all over all over the place it, just, it was just not movie. worth it in any way shape or form no it was i think half star our, our good buddy jimbo says i should give it a higher rating did he see it too uh, you know <laughs> No, no. He was like, "You should give it a higher rating because you guys talked about it." Oh, okay. <laughs> well, again, like, like, well, I mean, this is where it comes back full circle. Like I said, like waiting in line four hours for a poster doesn't make it more than a poster. So that's yeah. sometimes in life you're just stuck with what it is. Yeah, I could probably go. I, realistically, this movie is like a one out of five. Um, it didn't know what it was doing. I laughed realistically just one time and it came from uh you know it it came from kate mckinnon doing something um the comedic the comedic like half of this cast is off of comedy central's like new age stoner shows exactly um and they weren't, weren't the best parts of those shows um at least at least for me i can't even remember half the names um, but there was the one one girl from Broad City, uh, who her other half is actually more likable than her as a character and as an actress. Um, but it was just this movie was all over the place, and I didn't feel it used a lot of people's uh, talents to the to the best. Especially if you like you if you were to see it, um, I think you'd be very very disappointed in some of the choices. Um, you know, uh, I didn't want to watch a movie. You know, where four women kill a stripper, and them and them talk about their friendships with each other. Yeah, like that's not that's not that's not issue number one. Like those things could build, but those things logically don't resolve during that kind of situation. Like, <coughs> yeah, like, those tend to it, you, you tend to focus on the dead stripper at hand and worry about the other stuff uh, later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like <laughs> there's a dead stripper at your feet or, you know, or, you know, there's stuff that's happening. There's really convoluted, convoluted plot points that, but there's like so much stuff that's there and it's just, you know, it's all over the place. The, um, part of the, part of the buildup is so, um, I guess we'll go a little, little bit more spoilery, but part of the buildup is that uh, Scarlett Johansson's character is the one that's getting married. She's having her bachelorette party as her as her soon to be husband uh, has his has his 
um, bachelor party with that's just loaded with like comedic actors or comedians. Okay. Um, oh, oh god, the, the, the oh god, the dude that the Indian guy who just had a special on Netflix, who's on The Daily Show, I Hassan Hassan Minaj. Yeah, he's he's in there. Uh, Bo Burnham's in there. Uh, there's uh, Eric Andre is in, is in that bachelor party, and of course they go the low hanging fruit joke of, well, what would be the one thing guys wouldn't be doing during their during a bachelor party? Oh, they're at a wine tasting. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So it's like, it's just it's not... it's nothing that like actually is worthwhile or makes you laugh. It's just or that w- that would think that they they're actually going for comedy. It's just the basic like cheapest yeah. laugh possible lowest common denominator yeah like you know it's and the whole movie is just that with every decision where it's stuck between wanting to be uh some kind of thriller versus a comedic movie and things just don't make there are things that just don't make sense mm-hmm. um and not like oh it's a comedy it can be forgetting because it's so so much like if you're gonna do that like my thing was like if you're going to do that kind of thing you need to up the farce like if you're gonna if you're gonna make a movie about four characters killing another person and especially you know a, a stripper you need to up the farce it just needs to go like, basically uh uh like full bore and and just kind of, you have to kind of break the mold that much more as opposed to just have it be uh kind of like a, a slapstick thing yeah it it wasn't even like i fuck i would have killed for some slapstick like i would have it's like i mean this movie was kind of just you know um uh the movie was all over the place so um one star realistically um i don't i in good conscience i can't give it anything much higher than that mm-hmm. um on the other hand, so I don't seem, you know, completely like I, I just did not like it uh, or, you know, uh, view, you know, uh, I will say that I also consumed another piece of media really quickly before we uh, before we go here. Um, that was also primarily led by women, uh, which was Glow on Netflix. Okay. Fantastic. Alison Brie does a phenomenal job. Um, if ne- I, like I imagine Netflix shows do get nominated for Emmys. Um, she should honestly be nominated for one um, uh, for her performance in Glow. Uh, she did a very good job. Uh, she took a lot of risks. Everything made sense. Uh, the, it was very good. Uh, it had a very nice tone to it. Uh, when I finished watching the first season, I was like, I, I very rarely watched something. Oh my man, that was really good. Like that felt that felt like I was watching a very good performance from mm-hmm. Allison Brie. So. Um, you know, I do like I do like shows with women in them. Um, you know, so it's not you know I don't I don't want a Ghostbuster fiasco. Um, <laughs> so well, that's you know, that that's good to know because uh, that's uh, <laughs> we just added that to our list. So I'll, I'll definitely uh, have that as a uh, as a kind of a good piece uh, going into that for uh, for you know the probably uh, this weekend as we uh, just finished. Uh, the current season of it's uh, no yeah it's always sunny no uh we just finished the current season of uh of uh orange is the new black so we're looking for a new one to jump into yes and if you uh just one last uh if you haven't had a chance uh we're gonna talk about netflix if you haven't had a chance to watch uh moonlight 
Um, the connection there is uh, Mush. I can never. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, thank you. Um, you know, being in House of Cards or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie is also fantastic. That's a, a very, very good movie. Um, I can. He he deserved that Oscar. Um, yep. So all right, but <laughs> before I go on any longer, <laughs> we should probably uh, wrap this up so you can get some rest. Okay. Yeah, so so this is good. We uh we jump back into the swing of things. Hopefully, um, we uh we won't take as long next time to to get back to the same thing. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then uh, uh, you know, maybe actually talk about something else that's more of the topical variety next week that that we wanted to talk about or anything like that. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, for uh for Don this week, uh, this is Rick uh, signing off, and good to be back after a, a month on the road and having a, a lot more. Uh, excitement than than planned. So uh, here's to a, yes. a uneventful week this week, and talk to you guys next week. Yep. Adios. You guys enjoy. Bye.